Welcome back into One Winning Pod, where it is everyone's favorite week of the year. That's right, it is Thursday Night Football Week, a week that we love even more when the Ravens are on the road, and that is littered with sarcasm, and I can see Alec right here just giving an extremely disgusted face at me even mentioning those words, but... This is the way the schedule's laid out. Uh, the Ravens have to travel to Tampa Bay uh, to take on the struggling uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, surprisingly, after they've uh, just been demolished on the road trip that included losses at Pittsburgh and just an absolute beatdown by the Christian McCaffrey-less Carolina Panthers. So, yeah, should be an interesting game. Yep, Thursday Night Football notoriously bad for the health of the players just uh kind of a horrible institution that i really hope the nfl considers uh at least moving to bye week everyone after bye can have a thursday night game seems reasonable you get like a half bye and a half bye it feels much better but anyways not the discussion for today the tampa bay buccaneers struggling team just like the ravens not living up to their expectations and I'm really curious to see how this one shakes out. I could see I could see it going a lot of ways, honestly. But I want to think that the Ravens are in a good matchup. I think they can succeed in this matchup, but there's definitely a lot of things to be concerned about. Yeah, and the unpredictability of this matchup is you have two teams here who both fan bases feel. You look at their roster and what they've done so far and you feel like they should be one or two wins better uh, than what they currently are. I mean, the the Ravens, we certainly know what our um, complaints and or, you know, missed expectations have been to begin this year. Uh, The one thing though, I think we can say that hasn't happened to the Ravens, but certainly has happened to the Tampa Bay is they've had a couple games where they've lost big. Now, of course, you know, one of those was to Kansas city um, at home and Tampa was expected to be a Super Bowl contender going into this year, so they should be able to keep it toe-to-toe with Kansas City. But still, you know, Kansas City, you've got Patrick Mahomes' high-powered offense. You expect that there is a shot that you just, you know, you just trip up in that game. But, yeah, let, let's say even if the Ravens had lost a, to the Cleveland Browns in, in a clo- what would have been a close game on Sunday, uh, that wouldn't have been as bad of a loss as what the, the Buccaneers suffered on Sunday just – there might not be a worse team in the league right now than the Carolina Panthers. And you've got a head coaching change, star players getting traded away. And for the Buccaneers to just to, to just have what happened to them on Sunday, th- there's not many th- more things that can happen that could would be that embarrassing for a team claiming to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, three and four, losing record. They thought they had four and three coming into this week, I'm sure. Maybe there was a little bit of looking ahead thinking they could beat this team easily and yeah it's just not uh it's not good but we know the Ravens historically have struggled on Thursday night games and struggled mightily when they're away and then the other thing that makes you you know a little nervous about this matchup is again we're looking at this as you know you can look at it one way this team is completely dejected from having uh just lost that that big loss that they did and just getting beaten in all phases of the ball. But at the same time, like if the coaching is able to use this as a rallying and a wake up call for this team, then they could come out uh, of the gates at this game at home and, 
and just everyone's just laser locked in and, and really put up a, a fight against the Ravens in that case. So it could go the, the momentum swing that's going to happen for the Bucks after this game is, is going to be something that you're really going to want to watch because if this team comes in focused, they have the talent, even though this is an aging roster with some injuries at key positions, they still have the talent to, to be able to go toe to toe with the Ravens and they could easily win this game too. So predicting this game is just incredibly hard to do when we're like, you know, we're not sure more so than usual what the mentality of this team is going to be after such an awful loss. Seven and one home Thursday night games, one and five away Thursday night games. That's just yep, Ravens history. Yep, <laughs> isn't that wild? It's it's crazy. <laughs> well, let's hope they make it two and five with this game. I think if we want to start off looking at it from, I guess, an offensive perspective, the storyline obviously starts with Tom Brady, thought to be retired, coming back for one last season. It sounded like, and it looks like he maybe should have hung up the cleats. Definitely one of his worst seasons. I mean, I definitely, like, I mean, not one of, I think it is his worst season. It looks like there's um, a lack of just, uh, doesn't look like he's having fun, you know? <laughs> and I, I can't blame him, you know, he just, he's had a lot of injuries around him. The Lions notoriously banged up. And I think the most crazy stat is seven games into the season, only one of those games does he have more than one passing touchdown. Not making mistakes necessarily, not throwing interceptions, but also lacking the big plays consistently, lacking the ability to execute on third down. Tampa Bay's 26 in third down conversions, and uh, they're particularly bad, I feel like, in the passing ones when I looked at it. The running seems a little bit more reasonable. The the lack of turnovers is the thing that just makes the lack of, of, of big plays from this offense just all the more perplexing. Um, and it's it's leading them to poor records. It's interesting. You got a stat here. This is the first time in 20 years that Tom Brady has started the season through seven games with a losing record. You got to go all the way back to 2002. Um, mm. This is very un-Brady-like. And, you know, it, you I haven't watched a ton of the Bucks, but what you watch, it's it, there's not really anything obvious that sticks out as to what's wrong with, with Brady. You know, you had the the ball that I'm sure everyone saw that was in the highlight reels on the first drive against Carolina, Brady had Mike Evans wide open after the Panthers safety uh, tripped on a, on a post route down the middle of the field. And, and Evans, uh, the ball was placed well, just Evans just, just dropped it for some reason. And oh, saw gosh. other times in that game uh, on particularly uh, throws to Chris Godwin, just something in their timing is off. Brady frequently had, uh, low passes to him. Uh, Evans would, you know, they would connect a little bit going forward in the game. He had 96 yards, but they're kind of empty calorie yards. It didn't lead to to touchdowns, as we know. And just, you know, something about this offense is just, just out of sync. Um, I know that there's rumors coming out in the media that Brady's getting quote-unquote preferential treatment. Whoever knows if there's any credence to those reports anyway. I'm sure plenty happens behind the scenes that we're not aware of in every NFL team. And it's just, you know, if, if something comes out of the news out of context, but you know, there's, there's something up here. There's just, this offense is just out of sync. But again, like we're saying, there's the talent here for if they put everything together, then, you know, they can, they can take it to any defense in the league. Correct. And I think the big thing we're worried about is these two big pass catchers. You're looking at Godwin and Evans. Evans 
is a really interesting player, a player that just frequently is regarded as one of the best in the league, despite maybe not getting the same discussion. But when the analytics are shown on what this guy can do, it's wild uh, how dominant he can be. And then Godwin, a guy that we love. We talked about him not too long ago, kind of like a, a souped up Duvernay in a way, not a returner, but just the way that he is able to operate in space, sort of that running back pass catcher build that we've been seeing more and more of in the league. Just a really excellent player, one of the top wide receivers that we've seen. And then coming back from his injury, he's looking more and more like the same guy. Those guys are what scared me the most. You know, we, we talk about Marlon, we talk about Peters. And one thing we didn't talk about really in the recap show of the Browns is, you know, Peters is getting beat a little bit long. I think his long speed's not quite there, what it used to be. I think that's maybe his vulnerability at this point is if you go deep on him, you might be able to get a step because that's where his excellent, you know, gambling, just knowledge of the game can't be as useful. You know, it's more of just who can run faster and he might need some help over top. Not having Marcus Williams there really hurts. So I'm very curious to see how the Ravens hold up in that department. And if that's something the Tampa Bay Buccaneers want to try to exploit. Yes. uh, Not having Marcus Williams in this game is, is deeply concerning. Uh, We talked about it a bit in the recap of the Browns game, right? (laughs) That uh, the couple of deep shots that the Browns had, um, as as much as Geno Stone has done in Williams' absence, that has been positive. He just he just doesn't have the same clotheslining speed and instincts that a guy like Williams has. I mean, I mean, few players in the NFL have that. That's why we were so excited uh, when the Ravens did sign him. You know, you're actually getting a true center fielder, and Williams in particular has great numbers against Tom Brady in his career. He's picked Brady off multiple times as a huge reason that Brady had difficulty against the Saints defense the past couple of seasons. Uh, so that that is a concern, is uh, the health of this secondary going into it. And I agree with what you're saying with Peters. There's definitely uh, been a couple plays recently that have made you, you question. It seems like he's pressing receivers a little more this year than usual. Uh, and that could be, like you said, just because the, the speed isn't quite there yet. So Brady, like we said, the big plays aren't there, but he's still playing sound, smart football. So I'm sure that he's going to notice that on film. I'm sure he's going to want to try and and challenge the Ravens there, and that's going to be something the Ravens are going to have to have a plan ready for when that happens. For sure. I think one of the other big issues with this offense is their lack of explosive plays in the run game. Leonard Fournette hasn't looked particularly special this year. Rashad White... He has some flashes here and there, but neither of them have had long running plays. The long of 17 yards for Fournette and 11 yards for White. These are not, you know, big runs by any means. These are very pedestrian runs for at least what the Ravens can see and even what the Ravens defense has been known to show uh, give up. So I'm curious, you know, will this line be able to get good enough push? Will these guys be able to find an opportunity to get a longer run or if the Ravens defense will be able to hold them? Yeah, and you know, and that that just goes back to some of the injuries that they've had on offensive line this year. Um, you know, they lost Ryan Jensen before the season even started. Uh, Ex Raven um, got that big contract in free agency, and he's been excellent for the Buccaneers ever since he he went over there. And then you know, you also have Aaron Steiny out as well, so that's 
caused a big issue with their interior. And, um, you know, they've, they've been in a rotation at left guard. That's been their particular weakness. Uh, center hasn't been, play hasn't been great either. And, you know, you have one or two injuries off the offensive line. That's going to affect the whole, uh, the whole unit as we've seen with the Ravens and when Stanley has gone down and, and other guys. So uh, it's, it, and it's definitely disappointing for the Bucks, and I'm sure that's part of the woes that they've had because that, especially during their Super Bowl run, as much, well as Brady played, they relied quite heavily on using the run to establish the pass. Uh, Fournette was huge in that role. And yeah, just just in particular, the, the running game has struggled. And, and the play calling, that's something else that you know, you, you read Tampa Bay beat reporters and, and listen to podcasts. Like there has been a lot of questions as to the play calling selection and, and the cadence of plays that that the Buccaneers have been using. Uh, in particular, with the state of their their team right now in relation to injuries. So, um, just see, it feels like a team that's that has the personnel to be able to to take advantage of of opposing defenses, but. Yeah, you know, that just uh just some things are out of sync and they're still they're still putting the pieces together there. And then of course, we can't finish talking about the uh Tampa Bay offense without uh without talking about your guy from the the draft, Kate Otten. Uh he uh. said to come in <laughs> with uh Cameron Brait unfortunately suffering a, a concussion and then uh he's out uh, with a neck injury. Uh we'll see if he plays, but Kate Otten, you know, a guy we liked in the draft, obviously the Ravens got I, Isaiah Likely and, and um, Kolar instead, but uh, Otten not off to a bad start to his NFL career either. No, Otten did go before both Kohler and uh, Likely were selected, so the Ravens didn't quote-unquote have a chance to get him. I think actually he went one of the first couple picks of the of the fourth round before he even picked Fa'alele. So yeah, I mean, great guy. I, I, I still do very much like him and obviously have him in Dynasty and all that good <laughs> stuff, but uh, you know, he he scares me the most in this matchup because I can imagine him being that player that picks up the pace for the offense where, you know, you, you covered Godwin, you covered Evans, and then Tom Brady is able to find Brate or uh, on rather for a couple yards, you know, and maybe mm. that's how they get the first down. That's more so what I'm concerned about. I look, I'm looking for a big game out of Patrick Queen to continue. You know, we've seen the explosive, plays for loss i need to see him excel in coverage and hopefully take on now the game maybe see hamilton help although i thought hamilton would be more involved against njoku we didn't really see that and we'll see so it seems like uh, mcdonald has a different i guess viewpoint of how to use hamilton than i do at this point and just overall philosophy when it comes to just personnel packages and Maybe that was a desire to be heavier in this game. We didn't see nearly as much slot corner use or nickel packages used in this game against the Browns. Maybe this is the kind of game where we see a lot more nickel, a lot more dime and things like that. So we'll see. We'll see how they decide to deploy. I think this is a game that they could do that because I'm not afraid of these running backs. I'm not afraid of the offensive line's ability to to make the holes. And honestly, what we're seeing just... Some really good play out of the defensive line. Like we said, Campbell had a great game. I feel like the linebackers, like I think I think 
Harrison's quietly having, I mean, obviously had that block punt, but he's really starting to become more and more reliable. And, you know, with Bynes maybe being a little banged up from the game, uh, maybe we see a little bit more of him this game and we see, you know, what they can do. I don't know. Like that plus like the people coming back, it seems like this is the game that we'll see uh, Bowser back in. Like I could definitely see this defense surprising us and containing them. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think you bring up a good point with, with Otten, um, something we uh, glossed over in the recap of the Browns game. Uh, David Njoku quietly had a very solid game against the Ravens, seven catches for 71 yards, and uh, he didn't even play the whole game. He, he was knocked out, uh, didn't play much in the fourth quarter. Um, but, I mean, again, you know, none of those plays were, were huge, but still, like, and, and Otten certainly, you know, while he has a, a good NFL career ahead of him, it would seem, um, David Njoku has obviously been in the NFL longer and has had more time to to sharpen his craft. But yeah, it could be an X factor for this team, um, if especially if the uh, actual X factor isn't playing. <laughs> I, I don't believe he's active anymore now that the, um, they've gotten Godwin back. But the return of Bowser would be excellent in this game. And as we said, you know, the pass rush looked great against Cleveland. So. Uh, if, if they can keep this up and take advantage of a beat up offensive line, you know, the Ravens Brady's gotten them a couple times, but ultimately you look at his career numbers against Baltimore, whether you're looking at the regular season or the postseason. in both cases across the board, his, his numbers in every category against the Ravens are, are below his career averages, which shouldn't come as a surprise, but still, you know, the Ravens have had gotten their fair shots at, at Brady before, including uh, back in 2019 was what we thought was the final time the Ravens would ever play him, uh, at least in the regular season. That was a, a, a good game on Sunday night. But <laughs> Mar Jackson's going to have to try again to say that he can end his career undefeated against Tom Brady, it looks like. <laughs> yep, sounds like it. And I guess to wrap up with this offense, the big thing that I'm curious to see is Tom Brady only has uh, six or seven sacks, I think. Or no, I apologize. He's been sacked 10 times, right? And then seven hurries. So it's like, what? You think this line's not that good? Uh, I'm surprised it's not more sacks, but it sounds like they're getting a ball out fast. They're not letting that be what burns them. So I want to see, are we able to get a pass rush against him? Can we generate turnovers? And, you know, kind of just to see how we navigate that because the last thing I want to see against a team like, you know, the Buccaneers is we bring six or seven, not, not probably not seven, but like, let's say we bring six and like the ball's out in two seconds. Anyways, like I feel like that may not be the way to beat them because they're trying to get the ball out fast anyway. So right. Not, yeah. Not necessarily uh, the player to go against in blitz. So let's see how we, we do our pass rush. Moving over to the opposite side of the ball. Um, you know, as much of the Buc- as the Buccaneers have struggled this season, um, their defense has been less of the source of the problems. I think we can say uh, they got out to a, a, a torrid start on the year. First half of the first three games of the season, uh, their their second half defense in particular was was stout. Um, if if the numbers I'm reading are correct, they only scored one. Excuse me. They only allowed a single touchdown in the second half of any of their games in their first three games, but um, they've had some injuries since then. Uh, notably, Akeem Hicks uh, was lost after the game 
against the Saints, which has really uh, put a damper on their their running defense. Carlton Davis was injured against Pittsburgh. He didn't play against Carolina. Um, he's questionable to play in this game as we're looking at it on Monday. Um, they have Antoine Winfield in concussion, concussion protocol. And, you know, th- this unit, they're, you know, we're talking about how the Ravens defense is trending up since week one. Uh, this defense started at a lofty position and, and they've been struggling uh, ever since that, that game against Kansas City, really. Right. I mean, this defense... It's pretty interesting, all things considered. 17.7 points per game allowed. Uh, one of the best defenses against the pass, it seems, at least from a yardage perspective. Running defense is a little bit more pedestrian, but this is definitely a unit that scares me a bit when we look at the Ravens' offense. It's been sputtering. doesn't seem to be clicking on all cylinders. I could see how this defense could disrupt the Ravens' ability to get, you know, get on track with this game. Yeah, and it's really interesting when you look at the secondary. Um, in some ways, it's it's what the Ravens had to deal with, or I should say, are dealing with right now. Uh, you know, this is a unit that the Bucks had uh, big expectations for coming in this year. I'm looking over a Sports Illustrated article this morning uh, that was published in July, and you know, the expectation for this unit was that they could be among the league's best, maybe the, the league's best secondary. Uh, but you had multiple players on this team with an injury history, and you're seeing some of that right now. So, And, you know, again, we'll have to see if the Ravens are able to take advantage of that, particularly I think if, if Winfield is out at safety, that's something that you're going to want to try and attack. And, you know, re- regardless of who the, the Bucks do have in there, I, I think we can agree, and probably everyone listening to this is going to agree, that you know the Ravens need to get Mark Andrews uh, involved in this matchup. Luckily, they it, it was fine that he got zero receptions against Cleveland. The Ravens had a very strong game plan for the run, uh, but this is a really strong defense against the run, even with their struggles considered. I mean, it it took till the fourth quarter for the Panthers to get their big runs last week, and I, I think we're looking at this matchup and the the passing attack for the Ravens is, is definitely going to have to be better than it has been the past two weeks uh, to really be able to, to get some leverage against this, this defense and take advantage of uh, the fact that the Buccaneers offense might be struggling to put points on the board. Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about in the last episode is the Browns notoriously gave up huge games to Mark Andrews. We were saying fire him up in DFS start of the week. You know, this is, it's all, all go. Don't worry about the injury. And then we hear, oh, there's a really good scheme to get him out of the game. That's, that concerns me. And I'm concerned that there's maybe tape out on how to take him out of the game. I want to see him be reestablished. I want to see that not be the case. And if that is the case, they figure something out. We need to pivot. We got to adjust. We got to be able to get our playmaker back involved. We know that he's just too good to be uh, totally silenced like that. So, I'm very curious to see how the the team responds and bounces back. And it's not just getting Andrews in the, uh, involved in the game. I mean, the past two weeks we've seen less from Duvernay than we've wanted to, and and we're still waiting for uh, the the offense to find a way to get get Bateman to be a consistent target in this game. And uh, until the offense is able to do that, it's going to be easier for teams to try and scheme Andrews out, right? <laughs> so well. I think it comes down to their ability to actually 
give Lamar some time in the pocket. We yes. didn't see that last game and they didn't try to pass nearly as much. And if you're not passing that often, I mean, shoot, man, with uh, 16 attempts, unless you're completing most of them, I don't think we're going to be happy about any of those guys getting enough targets. <laughs> so <laughs> 100% quality, quality targets. And, you know, we see the Ravens, I think every week, I don't know if you've noticed this, Peter, but you look at the snap sheet and you're like, man, the Ravens use more personnel on offense than almost any other team. And like the way that they do it is, is much higher too. Like, Everyone's getting like a decent amount of snaps. It's not just like, oh, onesie twosie snaps to escalate that number. It's it's like just a lot of players are involved in this team. A lot of people see the ball at different times. So the the concentration of targets or the concentration of snaps just not there. I love our, our use of official uh, football jargon on this show. Onesie twosie plays. Gotta love it. You can only get it here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I think another thing that'll be interesting for the offense is is how the Ravens deploy the the running backs. I, I think we were all surprised as to how many carries Gus Edwards got against Cleveland, and he looked good. But you know, is he still going to be the featured running back on a short rest on you know the first game that he's played this season, coming off that injury? Uh, that you know, I I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens try and feature Drake or Hill a little more. Uh, just to make sure they don't overuse him too early. But, you know, at the same time, again, like we're saying, uh, this is a, a strong unit against the run. And especially if they get Hicks back, which is a, a possibility, it looks like he is practicing in a limited fashion. Yet again, it, it feels like, again, just like last week, we're, we have questions as to what the running back rotation is going to be in this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we don't need to necessarily know the answer. I, I think. I think the the key really is just seeing effectiveness, you know. I we'll see. I I think uh as much as we might hate it, I think the Ravens defense or Ravens offense rather will be difficult to schedule, so to speak, with target volume or, you know, fa- from a fancy perspective knowing who's going to be the guy, but as long as the overall stats are good and the team is like converting, getting first downs, scoring touchdowns, executing the red zone that's what matters most to me um and i think for everybody in the fan base that's what makes you feel good i just want to reiterate how if the ravens are able to perform well on offense against this defense that's a big step not many people have been able to pull that off and we just need to see we need to see more consistency out of this offense we need to see lamar have a good game again I think we've said for too many weeks in a row, Lamar's been struggling, not looking like he's having fun out there. And we need to, we need to see improvement there. I think the defense for as much as we talked about how their offense scares us in in some regards and the defense could have some problems with them. That's not the part I'm most worried about. I'm more worried about our offense being able to respond, score enough points. And I think honestly, if you put us in that position, the way that the, Tampa Bay has been playing the game. I think we can win the game. We just have to get ahead, and then uh, the rest will play itself out. All right. Well, with that, we'll get into our score predictions and bowl predictions. I think bowl prediction I'm going to go with that uh, Tyus Bowser comes out. He's he's activated, and he's going to make his presence announced with a monster game, two sacks, as well as a forced fumble. He's going to come back, you know. Oh, man. Gus Edwards came out, and he, he had a big big game in his first game action, two touchdowns. Uh, so, you know, it set the bar high for, for Bowser. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
at the same time, this game is really hard to call. And I, I just, you got two teams that have um, aspects of their team doing well, others that aren't. I really wish that the Buccaneers had been able to at least keep the game close with Carolina. I think we're going to get a focused Bucks team. I don't like that this game is on the road. I think that it's going to be a tight one. And for now, I'm going to say that the Bucks pulled off 19 to 17. Ooh, that hurts. Hope but I'm I wrong. Think, yeah, a lot of that, uh, a lot of that checks out, Peter. I think when I look at this game, a couple things come to mind. I think uh, it's a Thursday night game. It's going to be lower scoring. The over under is at 45. Feels a little high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I agree really with do. that. <laughs> Feels a little high. Um, Ravens are favored, one and a half points. Kind of interesting for being on the road on Thursday. I don't think that's how it opened, though. I think the Bucks opened as two and a half favorites. Oh wow, that's a monster swing in just a few days. I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost positive. Let me just, for for what it's worth, we're recording on Monday. This is a really yeah. condensed week for a matter of scheduling and and whatnot. And obviously, you know, it was difficult. Unfortunately, Chris couldn't join us for this episode. Or the, we were just like, well, we'll we'll do it live this week. That's what you get on a compressed week. Thank you, NFL. <laughs> Once again, can we get on bye weeks Thursday night football? So I'm seeing a report here from uh, from Beatdown on October 24th. Okay, nine thirty a.m. That the Bu- DraftKings had the Bucks at plus one point. F- no, wait, sorry, the Bucks at plus. Never mind. No, never mind. You're right. Okay, okay. All right, well, hey. scratch that out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know what to I don't know what to make of all this. Like my overall thought, my bold prediction is this: bold prediction. Tom Brady only has one interception this whole season. I think he gets intercepted again this game. And uh, to kind of go off of yours, I, I think not saying that it's going to be not saying it's going to be Bowser, but what I am saying is I think uh, I think we might force a fumble on him too. So I'm 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 looking for a, a Tom Brady looking old game, uh, <laughs> a pick <laughs> and a fumble out of him. That's my anticipation, and I think the Ravens win this game. I really do, and uh, I don't know. 20 to 13 like low scoring like i said i can't imagine if the ravens score more than 25 points i will be stunned i will be stunned it'd be great but i don't know where that came from right these two defenses are too good on a short week even with injuries to for that to happen we're seeing (laughs) the the nfl 20 (laughs) the defense like catch up a lot less scoring and I think that's part of the reason the Ravens fans are so disappointed and we look at the rest of the league, oh, but the scoring's okay. We've been seeing a lot more scoring in years past than what we're seeing this year. And the Ravens are no different. But it's weird because we were always a different offense. So it kind of feels like if any offense should be succeeding at a higher rate, it should be the Ravens. So a lot of mixed emotions around that. We'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, uh, let's. I'm very curious to hear what Chris has to say about this. I know he's going to be leaving his picks uh, in the comments on the YouTube, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. So, I guess uh, is that it, Peter? I think so. Uh, like we said, hopefully the Ravens can win. This is going to be a, a tight game, and it's just going to come down to whichever team makes uh, less mistakes. Awesome. Well, we'll wrap it up. I think uh, we got a cool history corner coming out again. Short week. So, what what day is that going to be out, Peter? Uh. I'm debating whether to, to release it Wednesday morning or, or Thursday morning before the game. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun. This is maybe the 
you know, fifth to last time the Ravens will be uh, meeting up with Brady, you know, before he turns 55. <laughs> they'll have a couple more matchups against him. It's just going to be less because he's in the NFC now and probably not making Super Bowls. But <laughs> um, we're going to look at uh, the top five uh, defensive performances against uh, Tom Brady for the Ravens. Uh, those are That's a fun trip down memory lane, as we were, I was alluding to earlier. Ravens have definitely had some good performances against Brady in the past, and uh, hopefully we'll get another one Thursday night. Well, you can find that on our YouTube channel. Find us, One Winning Pod. Soon we'll have a handle on there, and uh, it'll be maybe a little bit easier to find us. But uh, thanks so much for the support. The Joey Pelote photography video is doing pretty well, and I'm pretty happy about it. I think it's pretty cool, and I'm glad it seems like people are enjoying it too, maybe even reaching outside our normal circles. You can find us on Twitter as well, One Winning Pod, and email us, onewinningpod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Look forward to talking to you soon after hopefully another Ravens win. And. Uh, yeah, then we'll get to wait for the Monday night game, another primetime game against the Saints. But before we look too far ahead, let's just get that dub in Tampa Bay. Go Ravens.